This is Joan Boney speaking. Today we look at Exodus 4. God has appeared to Moses. God has told Moses what he is to do, and Moses began striving with God as to how he can't do those things. Exodus 4, start at verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto Moses, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or seeing or blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he, Moses, said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Verse 16, And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he, shall be to thee instead of a mouth. He'll be your mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of a god. Instead of God speaking to him, Moses would be as a god speaking to Aaron, telling him what to say, and Aaron would say it. And you notice that God's anger rose against Moses. The same thing happened with the children of Israel when they went out to search out the land. And they brought back an evil report. And some of them said to Moses and the congregation, Yes, the land God is giving us is a good land. And they showed them the grapes that were so big that the bunch of grapes they brought back had to be carried by two men on a wooden stave on the shoulders of two men they were so big. And yes, it is a land of milk and honey. Nevertheless, there are giants in that land. We can't do this. We can't overtake those giants. See, they brought back an evil report. Now, in that case, God was so angry with them he destroyed every one of them. On the trip in the wilderness, he gave them plagues and destroyed them and would not allow them into the promised land. But Caleb and Joshua were in the trip with them to search out the land. And Caleb said, We can well overcome. We are well able to overcome. Let us go immediately. 
And the men were saying, we're not able, we can't go. And the heart of the congregation was discouraged by the men who brought the evil report. Same thing happens with us. You bring an evil report of how we're not able to do this to the congregation. You'll be in serious trouble. For we can do all things through God which strengthens us. That's what Paul said. I can do all things through God which strengtheneth me. That is Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I believe. And so can we. God's not going to tell us to do something we can't do. I was in a hospital the last operation I had, which was a broken hip caused by a fall. A nurse came in the night before the operation. One of our church members was in the room at the time the nurse came in. And the nurse came in and said, before we can operate on you, you must sign this paper showing us who will have charge of you should you be unable to answer for yourself. And I said, Pam Paget is in charge of me. I had not discussed it with Pam. I hadn't even thought of it. It just came out of my mouth. God put Pam in charge. The woman who was standing there said, How can Pam be in charge of you? She lives 450 miles away. She doesn't even live here. How can she do this? And I said, I don't know how, but she is. That woman who was in my room called Pam and said, Joan says you're in charge. Pam says, okay. Somehow she could accept it. Without even being warned about it, I hadn't talked to her about anything like this. I hadn't even thought of anything like this. God planted in both our hearts the situation. And you simply accept the assignment. Now, I know sometime prior to this, God gave Pam a dream. She was working in a restaurant feeding people. And I was working there, and God said, Joan Boney will be your supervisor. Pam had a very serious problem accepting women who were ministers, and she avoided them. But with that dream, she accepted it. She said, okay. We were feeding people. That's what we're doing right now. Pam does all the technical work for everything you see and hear. God can change our hearts, but you can know this, that whatever he assigns you to do, he will make a way for you to do it, equip you to do it, give you the spiritual gifts and natural gifts 
that are necessary for you to do the project. I was born into a family where my father was so positive. He was an auto mechanic. He wasn't an educated person. Yet, he never saw a stranger. He could talk to anybody. And he wanted me to never be afraid of humans. So when I was two or three or four, he would take me to the bank and set me on the desk of the president of the bank, Mr. Scarda, and have me visit with Mr. Scarda because he wanted me to have the experience of being with high-ranking people, being with all people, and not being afraid. I've just experienced the strangest thing in life right now. When I go with Pam to the grocery store, I sit in the car. People will pass by the car. I speak to them. They don't even look at me. I don't understand this. What is going on? The other day we were at Sprouts to pick up something, and a woman was parked very close to the car that I was in, and I was in the passenger side. She was in the driver's side. So we were sitting very close to each other. And she rolled the window down. And beside her, she had this absolutely magnificent English sheepdog. I love animals. When I saw it, I just lit up. And I smiled. And I just said, oh, that's a wonderful dog. She didn't say a word to me. She rolled the window up. She wouldn't make any overture whatsoever to talk to me. What is wrong with people? I just couldn't figure it out. I just don't see strangers. I mean, I've never seen them before in my life. But there's always something that interests me about the person that's in line in the grocery store. They may have a big sack of dog food. And I say, oh, what kind of dog do you have? Or cat food, what kind of cat? What's the color of your cat? What's the name of your cat? It just interests me. And they, today, for the most part, want to ignore me. We went to Walmart recently to buy a plant. Pam took me with her inside, took me in the wheelchair, and we went inside. And an older woman, she was probably about my age. I'm 85. She was probably about my age. And she had picked out a bunch of plants. And I said, oh, those are pretty plants. You're going to have a nice yard, nice plants. She didn't want to talk to me. She tried to ignore me. Why? What's wrong with them? And I called out to God and asked him, with the woman with the English sheepdog, what was wrong with that woman? What's wrong with people today? And I had this feeling the answer was in Second Timothy chapter 3 and 
And we'll look at that, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And that's all I can think of in this section of Scripture that was the problem. All they care about is themselves. How dare you speak to me? Now, this is not going to change me one bit the way they act. I'm not going to act the way they act just because they act this way. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, trady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Hebrews 13, verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. I'm not going to be like these people that I see out there. I'm not going to let them affect me. If I have something to say to the person, I'm going to say it. I guess they're just so self-absorbed, caring only about themselves, that they don't have time for people like me, or they don't consider me important. But I see this over and over and over. We go to the dog park. I stay in the car while Pam takes the dogs into the dog park where they can run and play. I can see the dogs running and playing because it's a chain link type fence. And we are parked heading right into that fence so I can see them. People walk past me with their dog. They won't look in my direction. They just deliberately avoid me, wanting nothing to do with me. I don't understand this, but that's what they do today. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And your entertaining doesn't necessarily mean having these strangers into your house for dinner. You entertain just by being friendly to the other person. But it's the coldest period of time I've ever seen. I can live in it, but I'm not going to be like them. When I first moved to Colorado, there was a woman who was maybe a little older than I am, and I was 80, I'm 85 right now. Pam 
would go by and get Mrs. Goodley and take her to Walmart just for entertainment. She couldn't walk, and she had to ride one of the motorized carriages. So Pam was looking at groceries, turned around, and Mrs. Goodley had disappeared. Pam looked all over and finally found her. It was raining, and Mrs. Goodley went to the glass door to see the rain. She was so funny. They have air shows here in Colorado Springs, Thunderbird air shows. The Air Force Academy is in Colorado Springs. And one day, Pam took Mrs. Goodley to see the air show. And it was sort of cloudy, and Pam could hear the jets, but she couldn't see them. Pam said to Mrs. Goodley, where are they? And Mrs. Goodley said, well, aren't they in the air? (laughs) We have laughed so many times because it was so childlike and so straight and direct. And she said one time she went to the grocery store and took Mrs. Goodley with her. And Mrs. Goodley was standing at the cashier singing something like San Francisco because the person in front of her had a T-shirt on saying, San Francisco. (laughs) Well, I could relate to that. I can relate to that. Whether it's just because I was born in 1937, I don't know. But I can relate to that interest in people. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in what they're doing. I'm interested. That's what I am. I'm not afraid of them. I can talk to anybody. One time I was visiting Pam, and we went to hear the Colorado Springs Symphony. And they had a reception ahead of the symphony concert. And Pam said, I was just off there talking to these people. Well, I am created that way, I know. But I don't understand this thing of just so blatantly ignoring other people. That can't be right. Anyway, God does create us for that which we're going to be doing. And what I do is exhort the church. With that, I will conclude this podcast. I do want to tell you that we have some really great music selected for today. At the end of our podcast, we're going to play Rachmaninoff, Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini. Oh, this is gorgeous music. Three quarters of the way through, if you choose to listen, you're going to hear the most gorgeous sounds that probably you've ever heard. This was used in many movies. I remember in the movie Story of Three Loves hearing this Rhapsody on the theme of Paganini. It is so magnificent. And this website that I'm getting this music from, different people contribute, orchestras and performers, to the website. And they got Sergei Rachmaninoff playing the piano. He's the composer. So I selected that one for you to hear. I think it's such a treat to hear the composer of the composition actually playing the composition. Well, this is Sergei Rachmaninoff on the piano, Leopold Stokowski 
who was the conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra back in the 50s. And this is a recording from 1953. 